Brick Moon Fiction presents Support Class by Stephanie Jessup. Narrated by Nicholas Thurkettle. I want to watch cartoons, Demi sighed. So do I. Reggie slumped in his seat. But I'm going to miss the new episode of Mongoose Princess. It's the season finale. You're not missing it. It will still be on the website when we get home. And sit up. The seatbelt isn't designed to protect you if you're squirming down like that. But everyone else is watching it now. And you'll watch it an hour from now. Less than that. It'll only take us a minute to drop off the library books and grab dinner. All my friends will already know what happens. I could have just stayed home. Demi saw a car pulling out ahead and sped up to get the space before anyone else could snag it. No, you couldn't have. Not without someone to watch you. Her son threw up his hands dramatically. I would just be sitting in front of the computer watching anime. Why does anyone need to watch me do that? Because you're only elect. She broke off as a green sedan cut her off and zoomed into her parking spot. Demi hit the brake and bit her inner lip to avoid cursing aloud. She took a few slow breaths to calm herself and was about to drive on when the driver of the sedan got out, and she froze. What's wrong, Mom? She put the car in park and unfastened her seatbelt. Reggie, I might need to leave you in the car for a minute. Keep the doors locked and don't touch anything. Reggie unfastened his belt, too. No way! It's a red cap, isn't it? Let me help! I can help! Demi's reply was automatic. No. But Mom, I'm not a little kid anymore. I can summon now. I can help! Demi was watching the figure up ahead. It was a red cap, without any doubt. Of course, it wasn't actually wearing a red cap. She had never seen one that did. Humans would only see a short, pudgy man in an ill-fitting t-shirt getting out of his car, but there was no mistaking the creature for what it was, if you knew what to look for. The unnatural curl of its lips, the ape-like swing of its arms, and slight glint of yellow when its eyes caught the streetlights. It carried a white plastic bag, not big enough for an axe, but some redcaps preferred smaller weapons for their prey, nasty little knives or twisted metal tools of their own devising. She had known there was a red cap in the area, had sensed it for days. She had meant to hunt it down later in the week when she could get her neighbor to watch Reggie. She never imagined just stumbling across the thing in front of the public library. The red cap was moving away, walking off down toward the neighboring apartment complex. Hunting. Demi dug her fingers into the steering wheel. She had to go after it. There were innocent people in those apartments. Families. Kids. We're not going to argue about this. I'll be right back. Stay in this car. Do not unlock the doors. Do not touch anything. Understand? Reggie folded his arms. We're double parked. I'll only be a minute. What if a cop comes? They won't. I'll be right back. But I can summon now. Miss Chischis and I can help. You never... Enough. She popped open the driver door and climbed out. Stay put. She shut the door and took off at a jog after the red cap, who was rounding the corner into the apartment complex. Reggie would be okay. She had even planned to start taking him along on hunts as soon as he was old enough to learn to summon. Then he did learn, and his familiar was... disappointing. Miss Chischis, as her son insisted on calling it, was a tiny raccoon-like creature with dull brown stripes down its back. That itself wasn't necessarily bad. Sometimes the smallest familiars were the most powerful, but Miss Chischis seemed to have no powers at all. The scruffy little thing couldn't summon any of the elements, 
couldn't cast illusions or, well, do anything. He might as well have been a real raccoon. Her son's familiar was a damp squib. That was the truth. And that meant he could never be a hunter. She hadn't told him that, of course. She didn't know how she was ever going to. She felt sick even thinking of telling him. It was going to break his heart. Up ahead, the red cap had entered the complex and was headed up a flight of stairs. He hadn't seen her, so she still had the advantage. Doubtless he meant to prey on one or more of the residents in their own homes. She ducked behind a dumpster to watch where he went. This was going to be tricky. They were visible to people and cars on the main street. She couldn't summon here. Her own familiar, Cleve, was too big and, well, splashy to go unnoticed by passers-by. She would have to wait until the red cap entered one of the apartments, then follow in and summon as quickly as possible. The creature would be focused on his prey, hopefully focused enough not to hear her coming in behind him. She ascended the stairs, keeping her steps as light and quiet as possible. The red cap stopped in front of one of the doors, tucked the plastic bag it was carrying under one arm, and did something that surprised her. It pulled a set of keys from its pocket and used them to let itself in. Demi had intended to follow the creature in, but this threw her. She stood and watched as the apartment door shut. She had assumed the red cap was simply hunting, but this was better. And worse. This was its nest. There was no danger of losing her prey now. She could get back to Reggie, find someone to watch him, somehow, and then come back. Even if the creature was gone when she arrived, she could simply wait for its inevitable return. Relieved, she turned back toward the stairs and started back down in a hurry to get back to her son. A scream made her stop. It came from the apartment the red cap had entered. Her fingers tightened on the stair railing as she listened. A whimper. A woman? Then a male voice, the words muffled by distance and the door, the tone cold and menacing. A crash and muffled screams. Demi swore and turned back to face the apartment door. She would have to risk summoning here and hope no one happened by. If she waited until she was inside, she would lose any advantage of surprise to the red cap. She reached under her shirt and unclasped a keychain from the loop of her pants. A small blue crystal dangled from a silver loop. Other summoners might have considered a keychain a less than dignified way to keep a sacred stone, sacrilegious even, but as far as she was concerned, it was better to have it secured and undignified than risk losing it. Without it, she couldn't summon and would be as helpless as a normal human. The crystal, sky blue and no bigger than a quarter, felt heavier than it was, pulled down by the gravity of both this world and the other. Demi set it in the middle of her palm and, with her mind, reached through into that world. Reggie kicked the glove compartment handle, scuffing it with his tennis shoes. He was able to summon now, and that meant he should be going on hunts and not waiting in the car. He wasn't a little kid anymore. He checked his phone. Princess Mongoose was going to start in 14 minutes. He considered texting his mom to ask if she was almost done, but realized that was a bad idea. She probably had her phone on silent anyway, and it could be dangerous to distract a hunter. Hunting was sacred and important, and, and it wasn't fair. He unlatched his seatbelt and popped open the passenger door. As always, Demi's call was answered by her familiar, Cleve. The twelve-foot emerald serpent pushed its way from the other world into hers, 
It materialized in a coil right in front of the apartment door, displacing the air with a pop. Cleve raised its head, which pivoted around to face her. Its yellow eyes glowed, awaiting instruction. From the inside of the apartment, she could hear a female voice whimpering in fear or pain. She gripped the crystal tight in her fist. Break down the door. Reggie made his way through the parking lot of the apartment complex. He stopped and stood on tiptoe to peek over the tops of the cars. No sign of his mom. Or the red cap. He held his own small gold crystal clutched in his hand. He wanted to summon Miss Chischis, but someone might see. Miss Chischis was clever enough to dart into the shadows if anyone came by, but what if they saw the summoning itself? Mom would never let him watch Mongoose Princess again. Maybe the red cap has gotten away and Mom was headed back to the car. She would do that because she would be worried about leaving him alone. Then the red cap getting away would be his fault. He couldn't let that happen. He peeked over the car again. Red caps were predators, but they liked to be sneaky. It would want to isolate its prey. It would want to get off the street. Reggie looked from one end of the apartment complex to the other. Then he headed toward the darkest staircase. Cleve slammed its full weight into the door, which splintered along the side opposite the hinges. The door swung inward and Cleve followed with Demi close behind. The apartment was dark except for a single source of blue light at the end of the room, a large TV mounted to the wall. Demi scanned the room for the red cap and his victim. At first she saw no one. Cleve remained positioned in front of her, ready to strike the enemy. The female voice whimpered again and Demi's eyes locked onto the source. A nightgown-clad woman on the TV was fleeing up the stairs of an old house pursued by a man in a mask. Demi took an involuntary step backward. Was it possible the red cap had tricked her? Baited her with a televised decoy victim while it made its escape? Damn, she turned back toward the door. Cleve, we need to go. Something heavy slammed into her from the side and she staggered. The heavy thing crashed into her head and everything spun. She heard a clatter. She didn't realize she had dropped the crystal until she heard the telltale pop of Cleve dematerializing leaving behind it a vacuum where the air would have been. She dove for the floor as something swung toward her again. The red cap was standing over her. Its face was cloaked in shadows as it swung its weapon again. Demi twisted onto her back and scrambled crab-like back and away out of reach of the weapon. Now she could see it. A baseball bat reflected in the blue television light clutched in the red cap's hands. She scrambled back further as the red cap took a slow, cautious step toward her. As he did, she spotted it, the crystal, just behind him. Demi started to her feet. The red cap raised the bat. Don't you dare! Reggie was almost to the staircase when he heard a loud pop. He stopped. Mom had summoned Cleve. This was it. The red cap was here. Mom would probably have it banished before he even had the chance to help her, he held out his crystal and bit his lip as he focused as hard as he could. Reaching into the other world always felt unnatural. It was like sticking your hand into a vat of marshmallow and feeling around. He was still new at it, and it took him much longer than it did his mom to find the spot, the place you had to touch so that you could call to your familiar. A sound from upstairs made him jump. A sudden, loud smash. He was missing the fight, and now he had lost his concentration. He held out the crystal took a deep breath, 
and tried again. When the red cap stooped to pick up the crystal, Demi grabbed the first object within reach, a table lamp, and threw it at his head. He was faster than she would have guessed, or lucky, maybe, but he managed to block the lamp with the bat. The bat won. The lamp smashed into broken bits of plastic. The red cap straightened up, her crystal grasped in one fat fist and the bat in the other and took a step forward. The television light caught his face. If it weren't for the faint yellow reflected in his eyes, he might simply have been a short, pudgy human male. What is your problem, lady? Demi's glance darted around the room. If she could get to her feet fast enough, she might be able to jump over the chair and get to the door. No, she couldn't leave him with the crystal. The red cap stamped his foot. You hear me? I wasn't doing anything to you. He stalked past her and leaned heavily against the wall, his arms folded, the crystal still in his paw. I wasn't doing anything. Demi carefully and slowly moved to stand. I'm sorry. The red cap took a step toward her, a warning. You had no business coming to my home. Demi gripped a chair and raised herself into a standing position. You live here? He snorted. When she released the chair, he took another step toward her and she froze. He snorted again before wiping his nose on his sleeve. Stay where you are. And of course, I live here. What, you think I chased somebody in here? Well, he slammed the butt of the fist holding the crystal against the wall. I know how you hotters are. Think you're better than Dark Fay. Think we're all monsters. As he spoke, Demi glanced around the room, assessing the environment. Six steps to the door, or thereabout. She could dart past him. Redcaps were always heavy on their feet. But he had the damn crystal. If she left it, that was it. She could never contact the other world again, never summon Cleave, never hunt again. No, she had to get it back. Then she would have to create an opportunity. What's your name? His eyes narrowed. What? Demi raised her head and held her hands apart in as non-threatening a pose as she could muster. What's your name? Mine is Demi, by the way. Harris. He glanced back and forth between her hands with suspicion. Why haven't you tried to kill me yet, Harris? <laughs> he leaned back against the wall again, but kept his eyes on her. Maybe you don't know as much about us as you think. Demi shifted her feet to keep her weight balanced in preparation to lunge at him or make a break for the door or the window. The window was cracked open and so not locked. And it opened onto the fire escape. A definite possibility. I know redcaps. A redcap in a city full of humans is like a cat in a room full of mice. You couldn't resist spilling their blood if your life depended on it. The redcap, Harris grinned without joy. Do I scare you then? Yes, of course. She had a healthy fear of her prey and was all too aware of what they could do to her if she didn't stay a step ahead. But part of staying a step ahead meant not letting them see your fear. So she laughed. His eyes narrowed. That's funny, huh? He looked down at his fist. The little chain attached to the crystal peeked out through his fingers. He opened his fist and for a moment the crystal glinted in the blue television light before he closed it again. He had the advantage and he knew it. Demi was sure he was going to strike at her, 
She was already playing it out in her head and deciding what she would do. Fake for the door, then go for the window, hit him with the lamp if possible, and get the crystal back. But Harris didn't strike. He sighed and leaned back against the wall and closed his eyes. Humans think I'm one of them. I'm not good at glamours, but I can pull that off okay, but it's hard to be around them too much. They smell like milk and it makes me thirsty. He looked at her. I don't want to fight with you. Get out of my apartment. He closed his eyes again and continued leaning against the wall as though falling asleep. She didn't move. It was a trick. It was always a trick with red caps. A long, slow moment passed and she didn't move. The red cap kept his eyes shut and took deep breaths. She took a step toward the door, bracing herself for an attack, but the red cap didn't move. Another step. No response. She could just leave. I need my crystal. Harris opened one eye. He snorted. So you can kill me? I can't leave without it. I like being alive, so there we are. He shut his eyes again. She looked around. Did he really live here? It didn't look like any red-capped den she'd ever seen. A few others had had TVs, of course, but they also had weapons, lots of them. Red-caps liked knives and blades of all kinds. They collected them like crows collected shiny things. Was it possible that this red-cap was different? Just leave, Hutter. She still hesitated. Give me the crystal and I'll leave without hurting you. You have my word. He dangled the crystal from its keychain and looked at it with narrowed eyes. Hmm. I don't know. I was just minding my business and settling in to watch my show and have dinner and you come in trying to murder me. If I give it back, you'll just go right on murdering. That's the problem with you. Something clattered to the floor in the next room. The red cap closed his fist around the crystal and looked sharply in that direction. Demi saw only two doors inside the apartment. One was open and led into a small, disheveled bedroom. The other door, where the sound had come from, could only be the bathroom. If someone was in there, the light should have been visible in the gap underneath the door. But it was dark. Who's in there? No one. Look, just leave. Fine. You win. She took two steps to leave then pivoted and dashed for the bathroom door. She heard the red cap make an involuntary yelp of protest as she yanked the door open. Inside the tiny, dirty bathroom, a man in a pizza delivery jacket stood over the sink. His hands were tied in front of him and he was attempting, unsuccessfully, to cut the cords binding him with a safety razor. His eyes went wide with surprise when he saw Demi. Then he ran toward her, slammed into her, knocking her to the floor and bolted out the broken front door of the apartment hands still tied. She scrambled to her feet to find Harris the red cap blocking the way out and brandishing a blade-tipped staff in her direction. A pike staff, the favorite weapon of most bloodthirsty red caps. He must have been hiding it nearby. The baseball bat was cast aside on the far side of the room. He maneuvered to position himself between her and the only exit. She was trapped. Well, guess you're not so different from other red caps after all. The red cap leaned on his pike staff. I was saving Jimmy for later. What can I say? He smelled like milk. You only get that with humans. Hunters are more sour. A figure moved past the window. Then the top half of a face appeared. 
its messy hair and brown eyes peering at her through the glass. Demi's jaw clenched. Reggie. Her stomach suddenly felt like a hollow abyss. If the red cap saw him. His claws tightened around the pike staff, stretching the skin over his sharp knuckles. He grinned. Since you chased my dinner off, I'll just have to make do with sour meat tonight. Demi didn't dare look at the window again. No matter what, she had to keep the red cap from seeing Reggie and somehow signal to Reggie to run. Damn that kid. She met the red cap's eyes. I could help you get Jimmy back. The red cap chuckled. Sure, I'll just give you your crystal back and let you go then. The sharp, rusted blade of the pike staff swung toward her face and stopped an inch short of her nose. Demi didn't move. He held the pike staff steady, poised to strike. Or I tear your throat open and then go after Jimmy and kill him too. He sniffed the air and smiled and gave the pike staff a slight, punctuating shake. That fear smell. Top notch. Demi wasn't thinking about the pike staff or what its blade might do to her throat. Her mind was racing with ideas. She had to distract him, had to keep him from noticing Reggie no matter what, had to signal to Reggie to run, somehow. Looking around for something, anything to help, a weapon, a tool, a distraction, her eyes fell on the plastic bag on the coffee table. She recognized it as the bag the red cap carried when she was following him. A garish Blu-ray cover poked out from the top, Demi recognized it from all the merchandise she'd had to buy her son in recent months. Is that Mongoose Princess? The red cap's eyes narrowed as he lowered the pike staff. What do you know about Mongoose Princess? I've seen every episode. This was only partially a lie. She had certainly been in the room during every episode, as Reggie tended to watch each new episode multiple times. She had normally been busy on her laptop or doing chores during those episodes, but still. Oh, yeah? His posture relaxed, and he leaned on the pike staff and went on in a rush of enthusiasm. How wild was last week's ep? I mean, no one saw that coming. The koala king was really a snake warrior the whole time? I mean, when you look back, the clues were there. She dared a glance back at the window. Reggie was gone. Had he run? Had he had the good sense to run? The Jungle Temple arc in Season 1 is placed in a whole new context now that we know that the assassins were really... Poor Reggie must have been terrified when he'd looked in and seen her about to die. If he ran back to the car or tried to call for help... There was a flash of green light outside the window. The Red Cap didn't see it, but she did. Reggie had just summoned Miss Chischis. God damn it. But now Harris the Red Cap was still happily talking anime... But then you have to wonder if Hikari's brother knew that the mongoose dagger was a fake even before the snake warrior tournament. Movement drew Demi's eye to the back corner of the room where the pane of a small corner window inched silently up, lifted by tiny brown paws. God damn it. She had to keep the red cap's attention focused on her. She cleared her throat. I, uh, I don't know if you know... But there's a fan theory that Mongoose Princess has actually been dead the whole time, and... The red cap slammed the end of the pike staff on the hardwood floor. Don't even get me started on that. I mean, yes, it would explain the koala plotline in season two and why it contradicts the world building. A dark furry shape slipped into the open window and disappeared behind the couch. God damn it. But it flies in the face of the owl prophecies in season one.
Demi stood. Harris was now so caught up in the conversation, he didn't stop her. He leaned on the pike staff, the crystal hanging from its keychain, clutched in his fist. And that is why I bought the Blu-ray. It's got the commentary tracks, and I was going to scour them for clues, you know? Because after the season finale tonight, we won't get new eps until next spring. She glanced back at the corner window. Reggie's face peered over the windowsill, but he wasn't looking at her. He was looking at the shadow moving behind the table at the red cap's feet. And he was signaling to it. God damn it. The season finale. What had Reggie been saying about it? That's, uh, gonna be up tonight, right? The red cap's eyes went wide. What time is it? He looked around the room with sudden desperate urgency. Aha! Demi shifted her weight, ready to fight him physically if she had to. Then he snatched a remote control from the coffee table. It'll be online in like five minutes. He struck the butt end of the pike staff against the floor. And you almost made me miss it. She looked back and forth from the remote in his right hand to the pike staff in his left. Where had the crystal gone? Harris clicked the remote and the movie gave way to an anime app. A small furry shadow slipped back out the corner window. Harris turned back to Demi. I was going to take my time killing you, but the show is going to be up, so... He raised the pike staff and lunged for her. She ducked and dodged and rolled clumsily but effectively across the floor and behind a large easy chair. The red cap came at her again. She kept moving, keeping the chair between them. She wasn't going to be able to keep out of his reach much longer. Mom! Demi turned in time to see her son throw the crystal to her from the corner window. Reggie pumped his fist when she caught it. Yes! Go, Mom! The red cap lunged again. He missed her, and the tip of the pike staff got caught in the upholstery of the chair, just long enough for her to do a quick, desperate summoning. Cleave popped into their world in a sizzle of electricity that hit the red cap with enough shocking force to make him drop the pike staff that remained stuck in the chair, the handle wobbling up and down. Demi backed away as Cleave wrapped itself around Harris and squeezed. Behind her, Reggie climbed in through the window, followed by Miss Chischis. The dull brown furball looked up at her with vacant eyes. She rushed over to hug her son and check him for injuries, realizing even as she did it that he hadn't had a chance to get injured. The red cap had stopped breathing, but Cleve continued to squeeze for several more seconds. Demi moved swiftly to cover her son's eyes as Cleve unhinged its jaw and disposed of deceased red cap. It took nearly two minutes. Mom, let me see. No, stop squirming. I know what's happening. You don't need to see it. I can hear Cleve eating him. I know that's what it's doing. Your hand smells like perfume. Fine. She removed her hand from her son's eyes, but also turned him to face the other side of the room. Eventually, Cleve finished its meal, and Demi unsummoned it, returning it to the other world. I told you to stay in the car. I know, but we helped. She sighed. Look, Reggie, you did help this time, but we got lucky. And I know being a hunter is important to you, but the truth is, without a stronger summon like Cleve around, Miss Chischis isn't going to be enough. Reggie shrugged. I know Miss Chischis can't fight much, Mom, and I know I can't hunt Dark Fay on my own. His face lit up with a wide grin. But me and Miss Chischis can be like a support class. Support class? Reggie sighed with exaggerated exasperation. Like in RPGs, Mom. Demi frowned. 
Her son threw up his hands. Video games, Mom! Oh, not every player in the party can be the tank. You need all different classes. A healer, a DPS, a thief. And that's me and Miss Chischis. We're the thief class. She wasn't sure she liked the sound of that, but Reggie was beaming. See, Mom, the thief class avoids fighting the enemy directly. We're more about being clever and sneaky, stealing the enemy's weapons and potions off them to use against them. Redcaps don't use potions, sweetie. I know, Mom, I'm just saying. Those are our tactics. It's like in Mongoose Princess. You know the koala rangers? They always stay in the shadows and... She nodded absently as her son explained the intricacies of the world of the Mongoose Princess. She was relieved he at least seemed to understand he had limitations. Maybe in time she could work out ways for him and Miss Chischis to assist on hunts after all. Maybe this could work. Reggie? Yeah? We make a good team. Stephanie Jessup won Best Original Horror Screenplay at the 2013 Shriekfest Horror Film Festival Screenplay Competition. She has also been a finalist in several other screenplay competitions across the country. She has published stories in various horror anthologies, including A Chimerical World, Tales of the Unseelie Court, and Ugly Babies Volume 2. She grew up in the sticky, swampy parts of Texas, but can also be found online at stephaniejessup.com. This has been a production of the Brick Moon Fiction Podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps us find a bigger audience. For more information on Brick Moon and special offers, sign up for the Brick Moon Fiction newsletter at brickmoonfiction.com. Thank you for listening.